If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Your Circle of Influence. I am your co-host, Dr. Monica Ogando. And I'm Amy Walker. We are so happy that you are here because we're continuing our entrepreneurial series. First, we talked about what it's like talking about being married to a non-entrepreneur. Then we talked about what it's like to be married to an entrepreneur or what to do in those instances. And today we want to talk about, what about the children, Monica? What about the children? We're gonna talk about the children today, raising entrepreneurial children. Yes. Right? I'm always conscious wait, about- Wait, wait, I have musical Tourette's. Uh-huh. Teach your children well. There you go. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Uh, okay, that happen so, often. Okay, you so raising heard, entrepreneurial kids. Yes, you may have heard there's a meme going around on the interwebs that says, if you did not come from a family of wealth, make sure a family of wealth comes from you. Mm. And at first you're like, ooh, that's so clever. But how do you do that? You know, if, for example, you, your zone of genius is something that it has captured zero interest in your children, They don't want to do what you do. They don't want to join the family business. How do you still raise entrepreneurial kids? I think the bigger question with raising entrepreneurial kids isn't necessarily that you want the children to join you in the family business, although that might be a short-term goal. It's more like, how do I make sure that I am raising children that are financially sovereign and that can navigate the ins and outs of the world, regardless of whether they have a job, whether they have a career, whether they go to college or not, Mm -hmm. can I make sure that you are going to be all right? Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the question underneath the question, right? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm a part of a group and they were asking, this conversation came up yesterday and I was like, oh, this is like perfect for, we're getting ready to record this episode. Mm -hmm. But they were talking about, um, you know, what's the one thing that you hope that your children learn from you about being an entrepreneur? And I remember when my children were smaller, that I really wanted them to all be entrepreneurs because, you know, when you, especially when you start your entrepreneurial journey, you feel like that's it. You know, it's so good for you. So you think it's what should be for everyone. And when I thought about it, you know, my oldest is getting ready to leave home and, Mm -hmm. um, he's working full time. He's very responsible. He's saving his money. He's got a life plan. Um, you know, he is only 18, so it's not like he has everything all figured out, but like he's, he's got a, he's got a plan in his mind and Mm -hmm. he is, it does not involve being an entrepreneur in any way, shape or form. In fact, Mm -hmm. he is like, I no offense, mom, Mm -hmm. I would never want to do what you do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no offense, bud, but I do not care. You know, like that is good. <laughs> find your plan, find your path, yeah. find what makes you happy. And you know, it. who's to say 10 years down the road that could change. But my number one thing that I want my children to learn from watching me be an entrepreneur is possibility. 
-hmm. I want them to learn that there's possibility and that there's prosperity in many different paths. And I don't Mm -hmm. ever want to make them feel like my path is the only path that leads to financial freedom, because the reality is that there are a lot of people with jobs who are financially free. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that um, there's part of the reason why I'm going to totally make this up and it might apply to some people and it may not apply to others. But part of the reason I think why we are so interested in making sure that we set them up financially or career wise in terms of an entrepreneurial journey is because we don't want them to have to knock around in the in the school of hard knocks as as much as we did. Right. And part of that. Uh, has a lot to do with our own financial literacy. You know, there's a soapbox coming in the Monica Mm -hmm. train. So if you can approach the world, approach life, approach even just your own buying habits and, and, um, and selling habits, et cetera, like it's happening inside of a fishbowl called commerce, then you would take some of those decisions a lot less personally. I think sometimes because we don't talk about money, we don't talk about wealth and worthiness as they relate to one another. uh, There's this underlying conversation of guilt and shame and regret about money decisions that we've made. And we don't want to talk about that. We certainly don't want to appear uh, or undermine our own authority or our own goodwill with our children. So then, then we don't expose them to it. But I think that exposing our children to how you're grappling with you know, like arguing in front of the children, for example, or, and dealing with conflict in front of the children, being emotionally vulnerable in front of the children, or exposing them to your financial decisions, good, bad, or indifferent in front of the children so that they can learn and they can make their own decisions. Because guess what? Whether you talk about it or not, there does come a point in your children's lives when they realize that you do not have it all right. together. <laughs> Right. And you want it to happen sooner rather than later, because then sometimes they won't say anything because they're like, mom and dad doesn't have it all together, but they, I don't think they know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they may be in denial. They have no idea that they're going to hell in a handbasket. And so opening that conversation allows for greater empowerment and, and greater just, you know, um, equipping of your children to, to handle come what may, right? Yeah. So I want to go a little devil's advocate on the other side of this too, which is I think sometimes parents take that too far. Like I don't want them to have to go through the hard things that I went through. So I'm going to force a path that has the least amount of resistance possible, but you cannot rob your children of growth. There, Mm -hmm. there is a way that you grow and you grow Mm -hmm. through making mistakes and learning from them. Mm -hmm. And so we have to find that balance of like, yeah, they don't have to make the same mistakes that we made, but it is essential that they make mistakes. Like they have to have hard experiences to build their little muscles up so -hmm. they can handle life and, and learn to navigate through it. Um, I, I think it's a fine line. And, and one that I know, you know, always with your first, like, you make all the mistakes with them, right? And we've had this conversation, my oldest and I, about like how when he was trying to have his experiences and learn on his own, I was like, no, 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 no. You don't need that. I, I will just tell you about it. And so that you can experience it through what I know of it, you know, like that was kind of our dynamic and it was, it created friction and resentment. And so 
being at a place where like, I truly trust him to make mistakes and learn from them is such a more peaceful place as a parent than where I was a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, part of its age too, like when he was 16 and I was like, no, 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 you will graduate from high school. It's happening. You know, <laughs> it was, it's different than now where it's like, okay, you've got a plan. You're on it. I, I trust you, but mm-hmm. I, I wasn't ready for that a couple of years ago. And so, um, I was really kind of inhibiting his growth mm-hmm. by pr- trying to protect him from struggle. Yes. Yes. And that's why I think sometimes it's so useful. Of course you have to use your own discernment on this, as far as revealing yourself, going through your own struggles, revealing it, letting, letting your children in on it, because I think that they learn a lot about your courage, about your ingenuity, about your resilience, and therefore about their own when they can see you struggle and even going through it. Like, I don't mean like make it pretty. Don't make struggle pretty. Don't make it a philosophical exercise. Sometimes it's hell in a handbasket and they need to know that. Uh, but also to know that, you know what? I've made it through 100% of all of my bad days and mm-hmm. I'll make it through this one too. And you will yeah. too. Yep. So can I just give everybody a um, real like pro tip you know, put my financial planner, women, wealth and worthiness hat on and just say, can you just do this? Can you just, just like I give you assignments, Amy, (laughs) (laughs) can you just trust me on this? Okay. Can I do that? You can do it. Go for it. All right. So here's what I would like everybody, everybody here on this call, on this podcast, if you're listening to me, write this down, you don't have to do it right away, but just consider it. Discuss it with your partner. Make sure that, you know, your children are on board about it. Just discuss this. And let me know how it goes. Here's what you do. When your children turn 16, you know, that's that in most states in the United States, that's when they can get jobs, right? Mm -hmm. When your children turn 16, open a corporation or an LLC where you can hire them. Whatever allowance you're paying them, pay it as a salary through that corporation. Give them their W-2s, you know, Uh, make sure that they have a bank account so that they can manage their budget so that they know what it's like to have non-sufficient funds mm-hmm. and oh this card is not like a magic uh, access to everything that I want in life no ma'am <laughs> no you have budgets you have limits mm-hmm. right uh, especially if it, it has no overdraft protection oh that's a good accelerator path mm-hmm. and then you have your children you know there's a part-time job that they have under the corporation then they have they can have an additional job Uh, whether it's McDonald's or Subway or, you know, the mall or whatever. I don't know if malls are a thing anymore, but at least when they turn 18, then they will have had a bank account. You can, you can put them, put them as uh, an authorized user in one of the credit cards that you use that has less than 20% utilization ratio. Don't give them a card. Mm -hmm. Just put their name on it. Okay. They don't even have to know that you did this. This is all fairy godmother stuff that you're doing out in the financial ether so that they can be equipped when they turn 18. They will have two years of employment history. They will have two years of credit history. And if they want to go out there and buy a a duplex, for example, if they want to get into real estate, if they need to open a business account and they need business credit, they will already have at least two years of, of financial history so that they can be equipped. Otherwise, they're starting from zero. Mm-hmm. Or in some cases, some and listen, some of y'all have put light bills in your children's names and you have jacked up their credit before they can 
even hit the ground running. Ooh. I'm saying don't do that. Okay. Right. <laughs> Set them up to win. And then that way, when they do go out there, because of the financial lessons that you have given them, they will be all the wiser into, you know, how they can use that and how they can leverage that. And then it's not like a big deal because, you know, what happened was when I went to college in my culture, it's not a big deal for parents to be um, sharing alcoholic drinks with their children, for example. Like I was, my father would give me a sip of his beer. I was like 16, 17. He would give me a sip of his beer, whatever, no big deal. But when I got to college, everybody was like out of their minds drunk because it was so taboo when it was like, you're not supposed to do that. So by the time that you got out of your, your parents' purview, then it's like, you, now you go buck wild. And it's the same thing with anything. It's the same thing with sex. It's the same thing with money. If you get your children used to talking about money and managing it and negotiating about it or whatever, by the time that they get their hands on it, they won't go buck wild and irresponsible with it because you've already gotten them used to making those kinds of decisions. Good stuff. One day, Monica, I'm going to tell you about my crazy shenanigans at Mm -hmm. my private Christian college where the most wild thing that I did was dress up in tinfoil and run around the campus. There we go. (laughs) In true Amy Elaine fashion. (laughs) And there was clothes underneath the tinfoil, but boy, was it a wild night. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't exactly have that wild phase, but, um, but what I did do was jump into adulthood fast and furious. You know, I was married at age 20. I had a baby at age 22. I was pregnant when I graduated from college and Mm -hmm. owned a condo at age 21 with my husband. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we just jumped into life before we really understood finances and took a long time before we got to a place where finances felt okay, you know? Um, and so I would say that those lessons, regardless of what path your children go on, that is the one thing that no matter the path they take, whether it's entrepreneurship, career, um, a hybrid, whether they bounce around jobs, whatever it is, the money is the thing that is consistent. Mm-hmm. Do they understand financial literacy? Do they know what to do with it? And yeah. I'll be honest that I don't know that we've done a great job with that. You need to create like kids cash and curthiness. I don't know. What is it? <laughs> I'm just making stuff up. So you have, um, men, men money, mastery, right? Yes. yes. And then you have women, wealth and worthiness. So what's the kid yes. version? I don't know, man. We're going to have to come up, come up with it. Kids, cash and confidence. Kids, cash and confidence. Look at you giving me program titles. Don't and nobody I, get that domain name, okay? <laughs> and I, I only require a 10% uh, override. That's yes. it. Okay. I will tie it to you, Amy Walker. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name. Kids, cash yeah. and confidence. Absolutely. Go snag it. Go snag, Go snag it. it. Right now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So then what shall we do about raising entrepreneurial children? We First of all, I think the first step is define what you mean by entrepreneurial, because children are entrepreneurial by default. They're always inventing some new things to get into mm-hmm. <laughs> and taking risks and finding out, well, let's see, who, who, which one of my two shareholders, mom or dad, is going to give me grief about this executive decision <laughs> I've just made about my life, okay? <laughs> so you just make peace with the fact that your children are already entrepreneurial. You're just wanting to manage their orientation, <laughs> Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So I think when it comes to teaching your children to be entrepreneurial, I think it's, it's teaching them to understand who they are and what makes them happy. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. I think it's teaching them to be, um, brave and courageous and that mm -hmm. risk is a positive, mm -hmm. but that you want to stack the risks in your favor mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, jumping off your friend's roof into the swimming pool, which is yeah. super fun in case you're wondering. Super fun and deadly. Yeah, but we never died. It was just super fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I would say the, that, you know, the financial literacy piece is the part that no matter what your kids decide, that's, that is one way that you can help them be set up for a great future. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and talking about the mistakes that you've made, don't be afraid to speak about those mistakes because mm -hmm. they've made you a better person, a wiser person, a more prepared person, and they can equip them and gourd them just the same way as they've done you. You know, um, part of, I, I always tease my father about this, that the, some of the greatest gifts that he gave me was teaching me how to be. And some of the greatest gifts that he gave me was also teaching me how not to be, you know, what to do and what not to do. And I learned that by watching him. Yeah. And so don't be afraid to own up to that because they already know. They already know where you jacked up. They already know what you did or didn't do that will cause them to sit in a cap in a therapist's couch. Okay. So yes. get over yourself and just, you know, make sure that it can be something that everybody can learn from. Absolutely. Well, we know that you're out there doing great things with your kids and we would love to hear if you have some strategies for how you're teaching financial literacy in your home or you are, um, having great entrepreneurial discussions with your kids. Like what are you doing to help them learn the ropes? You know what? I want to add in one other thing, letting your kids watch you work. Um, you know, when, when you have a job and they, you go to work, they don't really see that process, but letting your kids watch you work and hearing them, letting them hear conversations about business. There, there is a lot that they pick up from that in terms of even things like negotiation. Um, yeah. That's Good awesome. Stuff. I like that. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody, let us know. You can reach us on Instagram at your circle of influence. You can also reach us individually at Amy Walker coach or at Monica Ogando and join us on clubhouse on Thursdays uh, in, after, in the afternoon, two or 3 PM Eastern. We're always there and we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks everybody. Thank you.